Welcome to the Journey to the Cross podcast. This particular part of the podcast is a collection of conversations recorded for Lent, discussing the six themes of repentance, humility, suffering, lament, sacrifice, and death. We hope these conversations help you to better engage in the daily liturgical elements of the podcast as you seek to contemplate Christ's work on the cross. Today, we'll be hearing from Todd Stuman, Kendall Haug, and Karina Venable. I'm Dorothy Bennett, and I'm excited to talk more with you all about lament and its role in the Christian life. First, I wanted to orient ourselves again back to uh, what, what is a biblical understanding of lament? Yeah, I, I think we're all aware that something is deeply wrong with the world, and not just on the surface, not just superficial brokenness. There's a deep brokenness in the world, and we see it in all sorts of ways, death, injustice, disappointment, pain, suffering, war disease, sickness, oppression, we could just keep going. Uh, Even just this week alone, the entire world is wrestling with the fact that Russia has invaded Ukraine Mm. and and the suffering and the cost and the instability that that is going to cause, not just in Ukraine, but in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just this week, I did the burial service for a little girl who lived only a few hours after she was born. And it was it was devastating. It was um, it was heart wrenching um, to be a part of that. The world is broken, and the question is, what am I supposed to do with how I feel about that? I feel angry. I feel grief. I feel sadness. I feel confused. What, what do I do with those emotions? And that's where the biblical idea of lament comes in. It, it's a way of turning those emotions into prayers of faith. And so lament is a language. It's a, it's a prayer language that, that the Bible gives us. There's this gap between how things are and how things are supposed to be. And, and lament is about that gap. Yeah. It, lament gives voice to that gap. And the greater the gap, the more aware we are of the gap, the greater the lament. It's important to recognize that lament is, is not just complaining, though, about how things are. It, it, lament cries out, but it's a directional cry and it's it's a cry toward God. And so the typical pattern you see in biblical lament, the different elements, there's there's three elements. One is that there's a cry to God, a complaint to him. How long, God? Why, God? Where are you, God? Then there's a request to God. God, will you act based on my complaint? And then finally, there's a, de- a declaration of trust, a declaration of praise toward God. Yeah, just to hone in on the, the key idea that, that you mentioned there, lament is answering the question, what do I do with my pain and grief? I think in contrast, maybe to biblical lament, I think about some of the ways, just the default ways in which we deal with pain and grief. Uh, oftentimes, we try and vent that just to simply get things off of our chest. I know for me, oftentimes I, I just want to fix things. Right? I just want to find a solution to the pain so that I can sort of just get back to my normal life. And sometimes we try and minimize our own, our own pain and grief by, by suppressing uh, or avoiding it. But all of those ways of dealing with our pain, they're, they're just ultimately very focused on self, which makes me think of Israel in the wilderness after they had crossed the Red Sea and they had escaped captivity 
in Egypt. And as they were wandering in the wilderness, Israel began to grumble against Moses and ultimately against God, right? And so in their complaint, ultimately, you know, what they said was, we should have stayed in Egypt. It would be better for us to have died in Egypt. And so in their pain, they turned in on self. And so I I think all of this really hones in on a a, a really key component to biblical uh, lament that Todd mentioned, uh, which is that true biblical lament focuses our attention uh, on God, right? That even as we express our complaints, even as we cry out, even as we get those things out, it's very Godward uh, in Mm -hmm. its focus. Mm. So lament, I was wrestling with this, like, what's the difference between lamenting and mourning because i've used those words interchangeably and but what i'm hearing you say todd and you kendall like that lamenting is not just mourning something but that it's also calling god to do something i don't think mourning there's there's nothing wrong with mourning or grieving mm. I, th- I think those are part of lament but left to themselves, they could end in despair or or hopelessness. Despair is this hopeless crying out into the void of the impersonal universe, Mm. uh, whereas lament is is bound up in a personal God. Is it the case that God welcomes and desires our lament? I think so. I mean, time and again in Scripture, you see examples of God um, pursuing people in their darkest moments. Like first there was Adam and Eve in the garden and, and then the story of Hagar, Sarai's Mm. servant running off to go die in the desert, essentially. I mean, she was pretty low and God sought her out there and, He's so loving. Like he, he comes to her the same way as he did with Adam and asks, like, where, where are you? Where mm-hmm. are you going? Mm. And God has done that to me in my life so many times. I have a vivid memory of after we said goodbye to one of our foster sons, I was mourning and God called me outside. And I went outside on a walk, um, and I was just, you know, tears streaming down my face, asking the sky, like, <laughs> why, God? Um, and we had that conversation, and it was it was really interesting. I did not expect God to take me back to the garden that day, mm. but he did in that conversation, because um, I asked him, like, why did you let us get hurt like this like why did we love this child and then you had him leave like why did you let that happen to us and he took me back to the garden and and showed me how he did not want us to know evil like that was part of the command like don't eat from that tree he didn't want us to know evil yeah so just in that In that conversation and in many others that I've had with the Lord, I see it's very clear that that God does welcome our lament. Yeah, I think if we don't lament, then we don't really 
where we don't have a real relationship with God because we're ignoring or denying the, the very things that concern us. And that's mm-hmm. not how God relates to us. I came across a, um, a quote by an Old Testament scholar named Walter Brueggemann, and he said, one loss that results from the absence of a lament is the loss of genuine covenant interaction. Hmm. Since the second party of the covenant, which is us, has become voiceless or has a voice that is permitted to only speak in praise or doxology. Hmm. And what, what he's saying is, if we don't lament, if we only have happy words for God, then we're, we're not being real with God. Uh, and, and in lament, we have the freedom to be real with God. Yeah, lament is, it's being honest with God about our pain. And, and I think, Todd, as you're pointing out, honesty is, is maybe perhaps the most foundational building block to just any relationship, right? You can't have intimacy with someone without a real sense uh, of honesty. And so lament, being honest with God, is, is ultimately a, a pathway to intimacy uh, with mm-hmm. him. And conversely, Paul Miller, who wrote just a really great book um, about experiencing intimacy with God through prayer, he said that if your life is lament-free, then you aren't loving well, right? Mm-hmm. And so to, to love really anyone, but especially to love God is to lament. It's to let your heart be, be broken by something. Uh, and so if you're not lamenting over the broken things in the world and in your own world, then your heart begins to, it begins to shut down. Our, our living vital relationship with God, it starts to experience sort of just a slow death. Because I think mm. that foundational building block of any healthy relationship of honesty just starts to erode. And I think what starts to creep in in its place are things like, like cynicism, mm. doubt. As you were saying, to, to be into love in this world is to at some point lament. It's a, it's a guaranteed, the grief that we're going to feel is, is, is guaranteed. Is that started because we're acknowledging that we deserve better out of our lot in life? Or is that acknowledged more so by what you were saying, Todd, that there is a gap between what was good and what, what is real? Um, there's a gap between God's ordained plan and the reality that we are living in. I think the practice of lament is, is one of the most theologically informed actions that someone can take. Crying out is something that is just basic to, to humanity. To be human is, is to cry. But, but Christians lament because we know that God is sovereign and good. As Christians, we know God's promises in the scriptures. We believe in God's power to deliver. We know that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is alive. And so part of the reason that we lament and cry out is because our, our lament is a form of, of crying out that interprets the world through a biblical lens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's ultimately it's sharing God's heart. You know, the things that break God's heart. If the things that break God's heart break our heart, then part of becoming more godly, I think, probably means we're going to lament more. Probably being more Christ-like means we're going to lament more. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a a man of sorrows. He was well acquainted with grief, and I think it's Tim Keller that said. The only perfect heart there ever was was always breaking. The idea that Jesus, who saw the world as it was and as it should be, was always lamenting. How long, how long must we go on with broken 
hearts falling in the dark. If it's the case that we're supposed to fall in that example and to lament and lament well, how do we do that? How do we assume a posture wisely? What are practical ways to try and lament well? Yeah. I do think it's a learned thing. I don't think we just know how to do it well. It's kind of like we have to learn to pray. You know, the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. I think we learn to lament. We learn in community. We learn from the scriptures. I think we have to look at biblical lament. I think a good question uh, to probably ask ourselves is what causes me grief or sorrow? When I think about the world, when I think about my own life, are there things that cause me grief or sorrow? And those are the things that I should lament within the context of my relationship with God. Another question is what has been lost? Mm-hmm. What have mm-hmm. I lost or what has someone I care about lost? Mm-hmm. It might be someone I don't even know. Mm-hmm. What have they lost? Um, so someone lost a job, someone lost a loved one, someone lost their health, mm-hmm. someone experienced the loss of a dream. We have a large refugee community in, in our city who've literally lost their home. They've lost mm-hmm. their country. And we may not know those people, but we, we lament on their behalf. And so those are good questions to ask to help us enter into lament. And then we go to the scriptures, Psalm 13, Psalm 10, Psalm 22, um, and begin to see how do we, how do we talk to God about these things? And we use those as guides, so Mm -hmm. to speak. The Bible gives us Psalms of lament and in doing so it shows us helpful form uh, of lament and it gives us words, and which is especially helpful for someone like me uh, who doesn't always know how to express emotion or have those words. But wh- while there's a biblical form to lament, as Todd mentioned, it's not formulaic. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, that, um, it's not that I have to have the exact perfect words. It's not that I have to have all my emotions in check and have all the right motives. Even in the midst of my imperfect lament, I can bring that to God Mm -hmm. and I can just express myself to God and work that out uh, in process. And I think that's really helpful. Would you all say that there's also a benefit to lamenting within a community? I think so. I mean, I, I think there is a corporate aspect to lament. I think because lament is so connected to the fact that we are a body, you know, 1 Corinthians 12 gives this image of the body of Christ and it's one body with many members. And I think it's in verse 26 that says, um, if one member suffers, we all suffer. If one member mourns, we all mourn. So that if you're hurting, I'm hurting. And I think that means what those we're closest to, like in a D group or a GC, Mm -hmm. but, but also in our church, but also with the body of Christ Worldwide, I think we should all be thinking about the church in Ukraine right now, and that the, the, they are hurting, so we're hurting, and, mm-hmm. and and so there is a corporate aspect of solidarity, uh, of empathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful point that you can enter into lament with your brothers and sisters, even if you're feeling fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and sometimes you're. Your brothers and sisters who are not fine, they need you um, to speak some of the words for them. Mm-hmm. Like if if they're in the depths of 
despair. They need someone who will say aloud, but we trust in you, O Lord. You know, you are our hope Mm -hmm. because sometimes you just can't bring that out. (laughs) Right. Yeah, a number of years ago, I went through a year of praying through the Psalms uh, every day. And I discovered pretty early on that there were lots of Psalms that just didn't seem to fit my own life. Uh, but as I, as I kept at it, what I began to see that the whole point of such a practice was to strip me of, of self-absorption, mm-hmm. only focusing on how things apply to me uh, and to help me focus on the, the pain and the needs of others. And so, as Todd mentioned, maybe, maybe we're not being pursued by enemies or hemmed in on every side, like some of the Psalms and how David talks about, but what about Christians in Ukraine right mm-hmm. now? Or, or, or what about my friend who's dealing with a cancer diagnosis? Right? So the more I immersed myself in the Psalms, the more I began to realize that, that Psalm praying is a participation in just the overall prayer life of the church. I think we can learn a lot from Jesus about how to lament and why to lament. You know, John 11 is one of the most famous stories. It's when he raises Lazarus, his friend, from the dead. And it's interesting when he, when he goes to where Lazarus' family is his two sisters, Mary and Martha. In John 11, verse 32, it says, Mary, that Lazarus' sister, came to where Jesus was, and when she saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That statement is a form of lament. Mm-hmm. It's like, Lord, where were you? Mm-hmm. It's a cry of, com- it's a complaint, really. Mm-hmm. Why weren't you here? But it's also hopeful. It's a, it's a declaration of trust. My brother would not have died. Because you could have done something and you can do something. But then when Jesus saw her weeping, it says, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit. Literally means he was angry. He was indignant and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then verse 35, Jesus wept. It's, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, but it's so powerful. Right, because Jesus, the uh, the God of all things, who made everything and who knew what he was about to do, is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He still wept. Right, he he entered in. Uh, he so identified with um, Mary and Martha. He so hated death uh, that he cried over it. He's not indifferent about it, and so. Jesus identifies with the human race. That's what makes him our savior. Um, and he's with us. Uh, and Nancy Griffith uh, says that tears are actually a gift from God when we're grieving because tears reflect the worth of the person who's died. Tears reflect the worth of what's been lost. And so Jesus, I think he's very instructive and he wasn't trying to instruct us there. He was just being the perfect human and the perfect human wept, cried out to God over what was wrong with the world. It is really hard in a modern mindset, and especially as a, a Western American who's is very, I'm very bent on pursuing joy and mm-hmm. pleasure and, and happiness. Um, it's hard to be around lament. It's hard to try and uh, pursue lament or to, to, to do that well. But then oftentimes there's conversely, um, not a, I'm not saying like a masochistic, pleasure in lamenting, but a, a fullness and a wholeness and a, a good of being in lament. Um, in the 
devotional, y'all point out, Michael Card says that there's an oasis in the wilderness of Lamentations, that he met God in, in Lamentations in the Lament. Have y'all experienced that um, in your personal journeys where there's an actual joy to rely on God in the lamenting? So like as a, as a baby Christian um, at 19 years old, I came home in the summer and my mom said that my dad was sick and I met her in the hospital lobby and she broke the news that my dad was going to die soon, mm. that he had pancreatic cancer. Mm. And um, my wailing mm. filled the hospital lobby. <laughs> And a woman sitting nearby asked my mom if, if I was going to die. <laughs> like, I was crying so hard, it seemed like I was the one dying. Mm. And I had just been reconciled with God, you know, like, I had just started a relationship with him. And it felt like such... It felt like such a betrayal, but at the same time, it was so significant that he, that he reconciled with me before I was going to lose my earthly father. Mm. So I had my heavenly father to rely on um, as I watched my own dad die. And it was really beautiful how God walked me through that season. Um, I have so much evidence of not being alone during that time. People he would send, friends he would send, even, strangely enough, an old man who kind of looked like Santa Claus, who I met <laughs> in in the waiting room one day. He saw me reading my Bible, and I was reading the book of Jonah, mm. and I did not understand it. And he asked me, do you want someone to help you along? Do you want to, you know, ask questions and I'll help you through the word? And, and like, just things like that. Um, God just was... You did Bible study with Santa Claus? <laughs> <laughs> I did. But just, yeah... God's steadfast love carried me through that season. Um, and there was plenty of lamenting, asking God to please um, heal my dad. Yeah. But that I would trust him even if he didn't. One thing I'm thinking, just as Karina shares, is the you know, grief is immediate when we lose someone or something or we experience suffering. But grief is also ongoing, right? It, meaning if we experience loss or suffering or pain, it doesn't just go away. I think, and I think there's this expectation, and I don't know if it's an American thing or a human thing, but it's just kind of like, all right, are, aren't you over that now? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And the reality that you're crying tears now about the loss of your father years later is evidence that grief 
it hits us in different ways and uh and as as it, as time goes on but we need the grace of lament always right and i think because the steadfast love of god is at the heart, at the center of it the loyal love of god it's a love that will not let us go then that means we have the hope to carry us through all of life in our grief mm-hmm. the entire book of lamentations is jeremiah just crying out and lament for all the pain and, and the the suffering and the evil that he sees around him is just chapter after chapter of him lamenting. But right in the middle uh, of the book is just the most amazing expression of, of his trust in God's faithfulness. And so the fact that our pain and suffering doesn't go away is, is coupled with this sense that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every single morning. And so even you know, so many years later when the pain and grief, it feels new, it feels fresh mm-hmm. to you right now. These tears are like new tears that, mm-hmm. that you didn't experience today, but God's mercy is new for you this morning and it meets you. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were talking earlier, Dorothy, about how like we, we pursue happiness and we, like we're, it's hard to enter into grieving or lament because we, we want to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I think if... Like if I would be more honest with myself, I would I would realize that if I would go into lamenting instead of trying to escaping, then I would be closer to happiness mm. because you lament mm. because you're not happy. Mm. And when you lament there's there are spiritual emotional physical things that happen that do you you're drawn closer to the lord you have some sort of release tears words whatever um and like that is closer to happiness mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. watching tv or mm-hmm. eating a good meal or whatever like those are good things but then you're still left with the unhappiness. How long to torch our eyes? When will you wipe our tearful eyes? How long till we shall sing? When will you end our suffering? When will you end our suffering? Something else that sometimes keeps people away from entering into lament or is almost like a a strange attempt at a patch to not take that morning to God is it a doubt that maybe by lamenting this I'm I'm revealing that I have poor faith in in God and how he's going to fix it in the end or how he's going to bring light to this situation in the mm-hmm. end how do y'all combat that or, or what are what's some wisdom that y'all have to to combat that feeling of like maybe if I lament this is this is revealing that I have a poor faith in God mm-hmm. and how he's sovereign in this situation yeah that's a really good question because I think um our maybe it's our culture or something tells us that if you have faith then one you don't need to do anything because just have faith and then if you have faith you'll be happy joyful 
but I think um, it's a lack of lament that is more revealing of poor faith mm-hmm. than the presence of lament. Because, I mean, consider a child who has just tasted the bitter sting of the world in whatever way, like they fall, scrape their knee and bleed. Mm -hmm. If they don't run to their parent, like what is that revealing? Yeah. But if they do run to their parent, that reveals a trust in their parent, Mm -hmm. a, a knowledge that mom or dad can fix it. You know, and so if we don't run to God, we don't lament and bring our our concerns to Him, then that that's showing either we don't think that He's powerful, or we don't think that He cares. Mm-hmm. And if you think about that um, parent-child relationship, mm-hmm. it's such a it's such a powerful one. Yeah, I think all of us are aware, especially those who have kids, that children are, just tend to be really, really timid around other people mm-hmm. quite often, but not at all so with their, with their parents. On a Saturday morning when my wife and I are just trying to sleep in a little bit, right? but our <laughs> kids are really hungry for breakfast. They're, they don't go like out running into the street, knocking <laughs> on my neighbor's door, trying to get something to eat. Right? Mm-hmm. They boldly come into my room. They don't think twice about it. They wake me up. Yeah. And they're, will you please get me some breakfast? <laughs> and, and to your point, Karina, right, their request, them boldly entering into my room, it's, it's proof mm. uh, of their relationship. What is the good of sitting with lament and, and discussing lament specifically in this season as we are contemplating Lent? As we journey to the cross with Jesus, Part of our union with Jesus is seeing the world as he does, and it's lamentable. Um, it's not that there aren't joyful things, happy things, um, but that's, that's not the whole picture. And so I think I just, there's worthiness of asking myself what causes me to lament and taking those things to God. And I, I jotted down just in my journal some things that I lament when someone I know loses a loved one war racism division between people which we've seen a lot of in the past couple of years broken families the need for foster care the fact that that children are separated from their parents for some reason refugees who've lost their home unfulfilled longings we all know people with unfulfilled longings disease, mental illness, addiction, homelessness, human trafficking. I mean, you could just go on and on. If I'm not coming to God with those things and asking him to act, um, then I, I'm, I'm sort of not dealing with the world as it is. How would y'all encourage somebody who is listening to this? Lamenting is not a common part of our culture. How would you encourage them in moving towards this and and moving towards a posture of lament. One way would be, uh, as we've talked about, is is to just more regularly start reading the Psalms of lament. We've mentioned several throughout our time. Start with Psalm 10, Psalm 13, 
Psalm 22, which is the psalm that Jesus cries out on the cross. Psalm 77, uh, there's, I think, 40 plus other psalms of lament in the book of Psalms. Psalms of lament for personal grief and corporate suffering. Uh, There's lament for moments of repentance. We see David repenting and and lamenting over his sin. Uh, Psalms for when you long for justice. And so I think as you begin to read those Psalms, what I have seen in my own reading of those Psalms in my own prayer life is that certain phrases in the Psalms of lament start to become your own. You know, as Americans, we don't like to look at into the face of sin and, and, and suffering and sorrow with honesty. So we tend to distract ourselves with mm-hmm. diversions, whether it's work or entertainment or comfort in some way, or we, or we try to comfort ourselves with platitudes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like, well, it'll all work out. Everything will be, it'll be, it'll be fine. I think Lent is a season that helps us sort of say, I'm going to give up these diversions, these distractions and stare into the face of grief or sorrow or suffering, but not, that's not the end goal. The end goal is to take it to God and to, and to find hope uh, in him. Thank you guys for, for sharing your personal experiences. Also just the insight that you have in the scripture and the, the Psalms and, and walking through lament and the proper way to do that. And also the hope that rest in lamenting to God and, and deepening that relationship with God. It was it was wonderful to talk about that and hear about that from you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. I hope a song come Lord Jesus come here our frame crying And earth shall